Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the rotten figs as we pick up in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 14. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. How many times are we really fervent? How many times are we really desperate before God? How many times do we really seek God with all of our hearts? God said, in that day, I'll be found of you. He doesn't really like us to come with a half-hearted attitude but with a total commitment. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all of the nations and from all of the places, whether I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Because you have said, The Lord hath raised us up prophets in Babylon. Know that thus saith the Lord the King that sits on the throne of David, And of all the people that dwell in this city and of your brothers that are not gone forth with you into captivity, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will send upon them the sword and the famine and the pestilence and will make them like vile figs that cannot be eaten. They are so evil. A reference back to the message uh, there in the courts of Zedekiah where God said those that were carried away were good figs, but those that were left were going to be like rotten figs and be destroyed, nothing left, no value to them. And I will persecute them with the sword and with famine and with pestilence and will deliver them to be removed to the kingdoms of the earth to be a curse, an astonishment, a hissing, a reproach among all of the nations, whether I have driven them. Because... They have not hearkened to my words, saith the Lord, which I sent unto them by my servants, the prophets, rising up early and sending them. But you would not hear, saith the Lord. Hear ye therefore the word of the Lord, all ye of the captivity whom I have sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, of Ahab, and God is speaking of Ahab, the son of Coliah and Zedekiah. Now, who these two guys are, we don't know. They're not mentioned anyplace else in Scripture. But they were a couple of the false prophets that were prophesying lies in the name of the Lord. So God speaks out against Ahab and Zedekiah, whoever they may be. Not the Ahab, the king, nor Zedekiah, the prophet of the future. But these are just two, two guys. Behold, I will deliver them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and he shall slay them before your eyes. These two false prophets. And of them shall be taken up a curse by all of the captivity of Judah, which are in Babylon, saying, The Lord make thee like Zedekiah and like Ahab. So you want to curse somebody, uh, you'll say, Well, the Lord make you like Ahab, (laughs) whom he said Nebuchadnezzar burned in the fire. So Nebuchadnezzar evidently had a, a you know, the, the burning fiery furnace was his way of, of uh, publicly getting rid of, of those who would rebel against him. And it is interesting that here in Jeremiah, there's a reference to his old burning fiery furnace. It consumed Ahab and Zedekiah, but it could not consume 
uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So uh, here is another reference to that old burning fiery furnace whom he burned. He roasted in the fire. So you want to really curse someone. Well, the Lord make you like Zedekiah, you know, may he roast you with fire. And it became a curse the way people would curse someone else. It's interesting that they don't have curse words in Hebrew. If the Hebrews want to curse, they have to use English. Isn't that interesting? They don't have any swear words in Hebrew. We were told that, and we were sort of surprised by that. And we went to the Hadassah Hospital on Mount Scopus one night. And there, we were standing there in the room, and, and there was this Jewish doctor there, and he was cursing in English. And I turned to Kay and I said, hey, I guess it's true. They don't have any swear words in Hebrew. He has to use English. And he looked up and he was quite embarrassed, you know, and, and sort of, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but but uh, they don't have any swear words in Hebrew, which I think is rather beautiful. Uh, and so they have to use English to swear. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Or some other language, but no, they can't swear in Hebrew. They just don't have any. But they, they could say, the Lord make you like Zedekiah, and that's about the worst thing you can say to a guy. <laughs> you know, God roast you with fire. Because they have committed villainy in Israel, and they've committed adultery with their neighbor's wives. So here he's telling the sins of these two guys. They've spoken lying words in my name. God's just revealing the cause against these guys. They're, they're villainous, they're adulterers, and they're speaking lies in God's name, which I've not commanded them. Even I know and am a witness, saith the Lord. Wow, that's heavy duty. God says, hey, I'm witnessing. I know. I know what they're doing. Jesus said over and over to the churches, I know thy works. I know what's going on. When God starts bearing witness against you, you're in big trouble. Thus shalt thou also speak to Shemaiah, the Nehalamite, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, Because thou hast sent letters in thy name unto all of the people that are at Jerusalem, and to Zephaniah, the son of Messiah, the priest, and to all the priests, saying, The Lord hath made thee priest in the set of Jehoiada, the priest, and ye should be officers in the house of the Lord. For every man that is mad and makes himself a prophet, that thou shouldest put him in prison and in the stocks. Now, when they got this letter in Babylon, then this guy sent back a letter to the priest and he said, you ought to put Jeremiah in prison, put him in the stocks. Why have you not reproved Jeremiah of Anathoth, which makes himself a prophet to you? For he sent to us in Babylon saying, this captivity is going to be a long time. Build houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. And Zephaniah the priest read this letter in the ears of Jeremiah the prophet. And then came the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, saying, Send unto all of the captivity, saying, Thus saith the Lord concerning Shemaiah, the guy who wrote this letter, because that Shemaiah hath prophesied unto you, and I sent him not, and he's caused you to trust in a lie. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will punish Shemaiah 
and his seed, and he will not have any man to dwell among this people, neither shall he behold the good that I'm going to do for my people, saith the Lord, because he hath taught rebellion against the Lord. So Shimei and all of his children are going to be wiped out. He won't have any progeny following him. Now as we get into chapter 30, we enter into the future in these next four chapters. And this is now writing of the great tribulation period, which is yet future. This is writing about this period of time, the final seven years, in which God is going to be dealing with the nation Israel. For 77s were determined upon the nation Israel, of which 69 were fulfilled when Christ the Messiah came, leaving one seven-year cycle yet to be fulfilled, which is yet future, which Jesus spoke to his disciples as being fulfilled during the time when the Antichrist will be upon the earth. Now here in Jeremiah, he speaks of this final seven-year period of God's dealing when he draws the Jews back into the land and he begins to deal with them. And thus, we are in this, in yet future events of this final seven years. It is called here in Jeremiah, the time of Jacob's trouble. And so it is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, thus speaks the Lord God of Israel saying, write thee all of the words that I have spoken unto you in a book. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, saith the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. And it's talking about the present regathering that you see in the nation of Israel, not the regathering from the Babylonian captivity. And if you notice the very last verse of chapter 30, in the very end of the verse, it said, in the latter days you will understand it or you'll consider it. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to understand this in the last days. So write it in the book. In the last days, this will be understood. So as we see the nation Israel being regathered into the land, we can begin to understand now the words of this particular prophecy. Now these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. And of course the land hasn't really experienced peace since they've been regathered. And the people are beginning to, to live in fear. Ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Does a man travail? Does a man go through labor? Why do I see in every, every man with his hands on his loins like a woman who is in travail and all of their faces are turned into paleness? And so he sees really the, the, the anguish that is upon the men of Israel. Alas, for that day is great so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So God promises that he is going to save the people out of it. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck and will burst thy bonds and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. But they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king whom I will raise up unto them. So God is going to break the yoke 
of the Antichrist and of the oppression as Jesus comes again. And they will serve the Lord their God and David, Christ, after the seed of David, the branch out of the stem of Jesse, will be the king upon the throne of David to order it and to establish it in righteousness and in judgment, whom I will raise up, God says unto them. Therefore, fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, saith the Lord, neither be dismayed, O Israel, for lo, I will save thee from afar and thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return and shall be in rest and be quiet and none will make him afraid. This is when Jesus comes again, then shall he gather together his elect from the four corners of the world. And Israel would be brought back and recognize Jesus and acknowledge him and serve him. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee. For all of Israel shall be saved, as saith the scripture. For a deliverer shall come out of Zion to turn the hearts of the children of their fathers when Jesus comes again. Though I make a full end of all of the nations where I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee, but I will correct thee in measure and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. You're going to be punished, but you're not going to be destroyed. For thus saith the Lord, thy bruise is incurable and thy wound is grievous. There is none to plead thy cause that you may be bound up. And you have no healing medicines. All of your lovers have forgotten thee. They do not seek you. For I have wounded thee with the wound of an enemy and with the chastisement of a cruel one for the multitude of thine iniquity, because thy sins were increased. Why do you cry? For your affliction, your sorrow is incurable for the multitude of your iniquities because your sins were increased. I have done this unto you. Therefore, all of they that devour thee shall be devoured and all of your adversaries, every one of them shall go into captivity and all of they that spoil thee shall be a spoil and all they that prey upon thee will I give for a prey. Now, you remember Jesus said in Matthew's gospel when he returns again, when the Son of Man comes in his kingdom, then shall he gather together the nations for judgment, and he will separate them as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will say to those on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of the Father, inherit the kingdom that was prepared from the foundations of the earth. Enter into the joy of your Lord. For I was hungry, and you fed me, thirsty, and you gave me to drink, naked, and you clothed me, in prison, and sick, and you visited me. And to those on his left, he'll say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, into everlasting judgment, or into Gehenna, which was prepared for Satan and his angels. For I was hungry, and you did not feed me, thirsty, you did not give me to drink, naked, you did not clothe me. Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you naked? When did we see you in these conditions? And he said, inasmuch as you did it not unto my brethren, the least of my brethren, you did it not to me. And Jesus is talking about the Jews and the treatment of the nations of the Jews. And the nations will be brought in judgment before God for their treatment of the Jewish race. That is why it is so important for us to maintain a strong pro-Israel position as a nation. 
God is going to judge the nations for their treatment of his brothers, Jesus' brothers, that is the Jewish nation. So here, God is saying the same thing through Jeremiah, that he will bring a f those that devour you will be devoured. All of your adversaries, every one of them shall go into captivity, and those that spoiled you will be spoiled. For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion whom no man seeks after. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents, and have mercy on his dwelling places, and the city shall be built upon her own heap. And the city of Jerusalem has been built over the heaps of the past ruins. And the palace shall remain after the manner thereof. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving in the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. And I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. Their children also shall be as they were before, and their congregation shall be established before me. And I will punish those that oppress them. The glorious restoration of the nation Israel. Now, there are Bible teachers today who deny this aspect of biblical truth. It is unfortunate, but there are many ministers who have been deceived into an anti-Semitic position. And I get tracts and all letters from people with these tracts on anti-Semitism because they know my pro-Israel position. And they, they say, God is through with the nation Israel. The church is now spiritual Israel. All of the promises that God gave to Israel now apply to the church, and the church is now spiritual Israel, and God is through and forever finished with the nation Israel. As a people, they are over. They had their chance. They ruined their chance. God has cast them out forever. They're gone. That's the end of it and all. Not so. These people are not scholars of the Old Testament. If they would read the Old Testament, they would realize that God is making these promises to the nation Israel, to the seed of Jacob, and they do not and cannot apply to the church even in a spiritual way. Now, because these people misinterpret the scriptures and have such a lack of understanding of the Old Testament prophecies, they then make the second error and say that the church is going to go through the Great Tribulation. Because in the Great Tribulation, God speaks of the saints. God speaks of the elect. And thus, if there are saints and elect in the Great Tribulation, they must be the church. Because God is through with Israel. And those promises and all that applied to Israel are now all applicable to the church. Therefore, the other things that were applicable to Israel would also be applicable to the church, and thus they see the church in the Great Tribulation. But it's only because of the spiritualizing of the church to become spiritual Israel and declaring that God is through once and forever with the nation Israel, the seed of Jacob. That is contrary to all of the prophecies. As Peter spoke 
how that God spoke in all of the scriptures, he said, of the final restitution. Peter makes reference to how God in all of the scriptures spoke of that day when the final restitution of the nation Israel, of all things to the nation Israel. But these men either willfully or ignorantly overlook this fact and thus they fall into that tragic error of saying, well, the church is in the great tribulation because look, here it speaks about the saints. What does it say about the saints? It says, and the beast will make war against the saints and overcome them. Good luck, saints. You're going to be overcome by the Antichrist. Doesn't that encourage you? In Daniel, it speaks about the little horn, the Antichrist, who makes war against the saints and prevails against them. Congratulations, saints. Antichrist is going to wipe you out. No, no, no. Don't you believe that? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Then who are the saints who the Antichrist prevails against? Israel. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Jeremiah in our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Jeremiah 29 through 30 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you by his power and in his love that you might be God's instrument this week to share his love with others, that you might be a blessing to those that you come in contact with as they sort of draw from your relationship with Jesus and are strengthened and blessed because of your walk with him. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Lord, I believe in you. I'll always believe in you. It is by faith that you've been walking into one level of spiritual maturity to another. Faith is the key to a successful Christian life. 
And that is why the Word of God tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It was faith that led Abraham into the land of promise. It was faith that led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. It was faith that enabled Peter to step out of the boat and to walk on water. The question is, what might faith do in you? To order a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, Faith, or to preview a chapter for free online, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673.